Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Welcome back to France Elects, a special world review podcast series on the French election from the New Statesman. I'm Ido Volk, Europe correspondent at the New Statesman. Following President Emmanuel Macron's re-election in April, we're back to discuss the first round of the crucial parliamentary elections, which took place on the 12th of June. Could Macron lose his parliamentary majority? Do you realise what this is? For the first time, a president has been beaten in the first round of the legislative elections barely two months after his election. That confirms everything we've said. The second round of the presidential election solved nothing. Everything is to play for in these elections, where we will be present in many second rounds around France. Everything will be to play for next week. What would that mean for France? With me to discuss is Alex Kruger, International Managing Editor. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Ido. So what happened in the first round of these elections? So typically in parliamentary elections, they've been synchronised to the same calendar as presidential elections since 2002. And so they happen a couple of months after the presidential election. And in every single election since 2002, the elected president, so the president who's just won election a few months earlier, their party has won a parliamentary majority. And this time that looks very much in doubt. So the crucial factor here is a left-wing alliance called the NUP, which stands for the New Popular Ecological and Social Union, NUPES, which is led by Jean-Luc Mélenchon, who's a uh, far-left leader who came third in the presidential election in April and who campaigned even before the second round of the election on a message of denying Macron a parliamentary majority and forcing him into a cohabitation, which is when the prime minister who commands the confidence of the parliament is of a different party to the president. And Mélenchon's argument was that would force Macron left. And what we've seen with these elections is that the new has come 
ever so slightly ahead of Ensemble. And it now looks very much in doubt as to whether uh, Macron's party will win a parliamentary majority. And what that would mean for France is still still unclear. What is probably not going to happen is Mélenchon being elected, being quote-unquote elected prime minister by winning a parliamentary majority. But Macron's ability to win a majority is now very much in doubt. Why did the far left do so well? So as I wrote at the time of the election, I think this election was characterised perhaps more than any other in recent history by the rejection of both candidates who made it to the second round. Bluntly, there were a huge number of voters for Macron who voted for Macron in the second round who did not want to vote for him. And they were doing so out of an anti-Marine Le Pen, the far-right candidate who faced Macron in the second round. They were doing it out of an anti-Marine Le Pen uh, vote. And the way this was framed by Mélenchon was a kind of revenge for that. He said, you were forced to vote for Macron. We're getting five years of another president that the people reject, who was elected by default against the far right and not for his ideas. Let's let's hobble him. Let's get revenge for this. Let's have what he calls the third round. And let's get a left-wing government, um, even if we don't have a left-wing president. And crucially, by agreeing this, this electoral pact, which includes Mélenchon's party, the communists, the socialists, the greens, the left has not ended up with kind of by cannibalizing each other's votes in different constituencies because France has a majoritarian constituency-based electoral system. What typically happens to the left is there are so many different left-wing candidates, they all eat at each other's vote shares, and in the end, not too many of them make it to the second round of voting past past the first round. And um, agreeing this electoral pact has managed to avoid quite a lot of that effect. And by contrast... For example, the far right remains divided. So you had um, Marine Le Pen's uh, national rally and then Eric Zemmour's reconquest party. And they ran separately in many cases. I don't think they stood down candidates against each other very often. And that means that although the far right, Marine Le Pen's national rally is going to do better than it has for decades in parliamentary elections, it's still nowhere near the strength of of Macron's party or of the united left, despite Marine Pen having uh, made it to the second round in April's presidential election. So why did the left manage to get its act together when traditionally there has been quite a lot of feuding between the different parties? Was it just disgruntlement at Macron? And what will this mean for, for policy areas in the next parliament? Does it come back to this sense that they had to vote for Macron and therefore their only choice was to band together to rein in some of his power of a president that they didn't really want but were forced to accept. I think the left managed to get its act together was because Mélenchon bluntly was in such a dominant position after the presidential election. So he he came within one and a half percent of making it to the second round. He got 22% of the vote, whereas his rivals, all of his rivals, on the left, the Green candidate, the Communist candidate, the Socialist candidate won less than 5%, and the Socialist candidate won 1.75%, which for a historical party of power is just disastrous. So there, there are two things there. The first is that there was a kind of recognition that division on the left had caused the left to miss out on qualifying for the second round, because if just one of those other candidates on the left had not run and most of their votes had gone to Mélenchon, he would have made it to the second round. The second 
is that Mélenchon did so much better than all of those candidates that he was in a position to dictate these terms. And then you had more pedestrian questions, right? So the socialists were facing electoral annihilation on on these results. And their only hope for survival was to band together and to hope to be a junior partner in this in this electoral pact. But nonetheless, they'd be given a certain amount of seats and hopefully enough to gain, for example, a group in parliament, which were 15 or more MPs. And if they didn't do that, they were facing complete annihilation. And in fact, what we've seen in the first round is that there, there are some in the socialist wing of the Socialist Party, which is anti this alliance, which views it as submission and kind of subordination to to the far left, which they disagree with. So in some in some constituencies, there were dissident and anti-electoral pact socialist candidates, and they basically all got wiped out. Um, so there was, for example, for the Socialist Party, this was quite, this was quite existential. What does this success of the left mean for Macron's policy programme for his second term? So we really have to wait for the second round to find out if if Macron is really going to lose his parliamentary majority. So projections at the moment have Ensemble, which is Macron's party alliance, winning 255 to 295 seats and an absolute majority is 289 seats. So towards the upper end of, of those projections, Macron retains his majority and and it's kind of business as usual. Obviously, towards the lower end of that projection, he's 30 or more seats off a majority. And in that case, clearly he has to find allies elsewhere. So the allies could come from different sources. The most likely is that he goes to the centre-right Republicans for support and he kind of either formally convinces some MPs to to be peeled off the centre-right Republicans to join his majority, or or he does kind of case-by-case deals. And it's also possible that, for example, the socialists who are within the NUP alliance, some of them nonetheless feel closer to Macron than to Mélenchon, and it is possible that some of them could be convinced to join the majority, the president's, the president's party or the presidential uh, majority. If you're enjoying France Elects, you might want to consider subscribing We have a special offer for podcast listeners, 12 weeks for £12 or €12 in Europe. Just go to newstatesman.com slash podcast offer and you can read all our international coverage at newstatesman.com slash international. From the New Statesman comes a new podcast, Audio Long Reads. The best of our reported features and essays read aloud. Songs are like tattoos, Mitchell said, on Blue. Having one written about you is immortality and fiction rolled into one. Featuring writing from our authors, including Kate Mossman on Joni Mitchell's former muse and lover. Jeremy Cliff on his journey through France before this year's presidential election. And Sophie McBain on the refugee crisis. Don't die, he kept shouting. He didn't answer when Marwa screamed back, Who is dying? Ease into the weekend with our audio long reads, published every Saturday morning. Just search Audio Long Reads wherever you get your podcasts. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, 
so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I want to ask about somebody that we heard a lot about last year, but who absolutely cratered in the first round of the legislative elections, and that's the far-right leader, Eric Zemmour. Last year, he was outpolling Marine Le Pen, who made it to the final of the presidential election. And he's nowhere with these elections. He had all this momentum, and then it just dissipated. Where did it go? Did it just go to Le Pen because she was more successful in the presidential election? So Reconquête or Reconquest gained under 5% of the vote in these elections, which is ever so slightly below what Zimur himself polled in the presidential election. No Reconquest party candidate has made it to the second round of any, any parliamentary seat. I think what you can see with this is the same sort of dynamic that you would have seen with the smaller parties on the left had they failed to agree a, a, an electoral pact. Essentially, you have the kind of narcissism of small differences preventing cooperation and these different candidates not getting together and saying, making the perfect the enemy of the good, as they see it. They both can't. Zimur on, on the election night, on election night, the second round of the presidential election, we need union, we need a kind of union of what he calls the national right, the far right, in these parliamentary elections. And what we have seen is that is not what happened. And so Reconquet got wiped out. And and Zimur himself failed to make it to the second round. There's probably a sort of consolidation effect. If you support the nationalist right, well, you're going to think who is the most likely to to actually win, who is the most likely to be able to form a parliamentary group. And that is clearly uh, Marine Le Pen, who, by the way, is on course to gain the best score that her party has gained in a legislative election for a very long time. She is almost certainly going to have enough MPs to form a parliamentary group for the first time in decades. And she's pro and 
that will mean that her party is going to be in a much stronger position, if nothing else, for financial reasons, because political parties in France get state funding based on the amount of votes they get. And her party has had chronic financial difficulties. And these really good results in the legislative elections are going to mean that she has, she's going to be in a much better financial position, which should put her in a better position moving forward for the next set of European regional parliamentary presidential elections. And will there be contests where Marine Le Pen and the RN are up against uh, Mélenchon and the NUP alliance, so far right versus far left? What happens to voters who are alarmed by both of those prospects? Where do they go? So this is really interesting. In just under 60 seats, there are Rassemblement National National Rally candidates facing off against NUP candidates. But Macron's camp was clearly unprepared for this kind of eventuality. And on what we've seen is on election night, certain candidates and, and officials from Macron's party were being asked how should voters for you vote in, in these second rounds? And they didn't have a good answer. And there are some some defeated ensemble candidates. For example, the one in Marine Le Pen's constituency, which is going to have a Marine Le Pen uh, noop second round, called for a blank ballot against Marine Le Pen. And we've seen some pretty intense divisions within Macron's camp about this. Should should Macron and, and Ensemble call for upholding the Republican Front, which calls for anyone but the far right in the second round? Or should they continue their project of essentially demonising the, the far left and attempt to equate them and say both extremes are as bad as each other and uh, you, shouldn't choose, you shouldn't choose between them, which of course was the line of some left-wingers during the uh, during the second round of the presidential election, where they said, I don't want to choose between Macron and Le Pen. Um, and now we're seeing a kind of similar effect, similar dynamic from the centre. And there are some real divisions within the presidential camp on what to do and what the line they've eventually settled down on is they will choose on a case-by-case basis. So they're not systematically determining that the votes of, of ensemble voters should go to the noob they're saying on a case-by-case basis, they will determine their suggested candidate. But they have also said not a single vote should go to the far right, which was the exact same the exact same formulation that Mélenchon himself used in the ahead of the second round of the presidential election, where he said not one single vote should go to the far right, even though he didn't say my voters should vote for Macron. What is that likely to do to turnout, which was already not great in the first round? If all these Macron voters decide they can't face the prospect of voting for either the far left or the far right, does this mean we're going to see mass abstentions and a National Assembly elected on a very small proportion of the population? So I don't think it's going to affect turnout that much because this is only taking place in about 60 seats, which is just just over 10% of, of the total seats. And so if, it, if you really do get a large number of centrist or centre-right voters staying home in those contests, it's not going to affect the overall turnout that much. What is a, what is an open question, I think, is to what extent the NUP can win second rounds. The reason that's an issue is because they have already consolidated their vote in the first round, because obviously um, this is in the lines of Greens and Socialists and Communists and La France Insoumise. And so all of the, or the vast majority of the voters for all of those parties have already chosen the new. And so there aren't really that many left-wing voters left apart from non-voters and whether non-voters turn out is quite debatable, really. Whereas, for example, Macron's Ensemble has can, can count on 
voters for the centre-right who will be quite spooked by Mélenchon and have say, okay, maybe Macron wasn't my first choice, but Mélenchon is definitely not my first choice. So I need to go out and choose uh, choose Macron's candidates over the far left in the second round of my constituency. Similarly with, for example, the National Rally, which is going to be able to count on the vast majority of voters for Zimbabwe's conquête in the second round. Um so the kind of price of union in the first round is not having a huge number of voters to fall back on or additional voters to fall back on in the second round. And if Mélenchon is, has any real hope of actually winning a majority, which is a very slim prospect, it will rely on convincing non-voters, people who did not turn out in, in the first round to turn out in the second. And if that can be done at all, it will be done with a message of, for the first time in 20 years, we have a chance of of hobbling a sitting president and we're closer than we've ever been. And this is a real possibility. And we'll see on Sunday whether that actually transpires. That's it for this episode of France Elects. Join us next week for a discussion on how the results of the legislative elections will affect Merkel's second term. Our producer has been Adrian Bradley. Thanks for listening and until next time. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Trust in politics is broken. So can we get UK politics working again? That was the last time we were happy. 2012. I'm Beth Rigby, Sky's political editor. Join me every week with Labour's Jess Phillips and Conservative peer Ruth Davidson for some electoral dysfunction. This idea of nuance has completely left politics. Together we'll focus on the policies that could deliver political satisfaction. Follow electoral dysfunction wherever you get your podcasts.